Hey everybody, welcome back to Review-O-Mania. My name is Rob, along with Zach. Ayo. And today, WrestleMania 33. Big time. Well, you know, that was WrestleMania 22. Yes, you are uh, 11 years too late. Yeah. All right. Oh, From God. Camping World Stadium. Camping World <laughs> Stadium. In Florida. Orlando. Yes, the Florida. Home of the Rock. And hurricanes. And bad but politics. The, yes, but also the Rock. Yes, especially the Rock. April 2nd, 2017. And you said Camping World Stadium. Orlando's. Like, Florida's had like 97 WrestleManias. They're going to have like 97 more. Well, WWE's based out of Florida. Yes, yeah, so they should just park. The part. They should just make WrestleMania Stadium. Call it a day. They never have to travel again. Well, if if WWE's bought by Disney, I'm sure that it will just become like this is WrestleMania World, and oh, they God. add that too. To Disney, Dude, that could Disney World. I mean, you think about it. Imagine they had like. A real life like Hall of Fame section where you could actually view mem- like like twenty four seven year round access. Yeah, I mean, like you may not meet people... wrestlers, but although just think of, did you ever watch the uh, WWE YouTube series like The Warehouse? No. Okay, a you need to go find it because it's really fucking fun and interesting. There's like an episode where where Mick Foley goes into like the WWE warehouse and find shit from like different matches and you like tell hmm. stories about them and stuff or there's one where they go find rest, uh, Undertaker stuff and they go look at like they find like the the uh, you know the, the 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 what do you call it the 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 symbol they raise them up on they find the buried alive match the cemetery the gravestone that's what I'm thinking of the gravestone uh, all the different caskets like, the WWE has all this shit just in warehouses. And I'm sad they only made, like, four or five episodes. Because it was so much fun. They found the SmackDown Fist. And they'd have the archivist, like, telling different stories about the stuff they'd find. And you'd get, like, little facts and nuggets. and It was a really fun series. And it didn't go anywhere, sadly. Hmm. But it was a really fun, interesting show. And if you're a fan, longtime fan of the WWF, WWE... Like, it was really fun. Uh, it yeah, like, but my whole point, I think I had to think there for a second. I'm like, why did I bring this up again? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be really fun. Like, hey, you can go to WrestleMania World and go view, like, all these crazy, like, hey, go get your picture taken with the SmackDown Fist in the entranceway. Go, you know, I, I don't know. Go look at Vince McMahon's car that was destroyed with the cement. Look at Shane's car that says WCW1. <laughs> yeah, the license plate's just there. <laughs> Here's the milk carton that was smashed over the head of Booker T. <laughs> they just bring the entire supermarket. Yeah. I think that supermarket <laughs> actually is closed. Oh, no. Yes. For 200 bucks, you can recreate your own supermarket brawl. But you must clean up after yourself. Disney would make you clean up after themselves. They are evil like that. They probably just have like a trap door that just burns and incinerates the entire set. And a new one just pops in. 
Probably. Just okay. Bring in the new set. Done. Ah, uh, man, they could make bank. I think they had something somewhat similar in Niagara Falls, and there was a ride called the Pile Driver. It was Coco Beware there singing Pile Driver. Ooh. I do not recall. Maybe. Maybe. And you could have... And they could also bring back WF New York. They could. You and know, then you could have, like... You could have dinner with Test. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should be wrestling right now. Or Scotty Too Hotty. Or Jerry Lynn. There you go. Perfect. All right. Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. WrestleMania 33. These are getting harder and harder to watch. Because they're getting to be like five and a half hours. And I cry. And that's just the main show. That doesn't even include the pre-show. Which are typically no. like two hours long. Yes. So, uh. so it makes it a seven hour and eight hour watch. Oh, kill me. Kill me. I am looking forward to the two-day shows where we can just break these up into two episodes. And then just watch a three-hour show. Yes, and like normal. Yeah. Yeah. So the pre-show, you said, was very interesting. I only had the pay-per-view rip, so Mm -hmm. I didn't have the the pre-show. Well, yeah, I mean, there's... So it's five hours of... and ten minutes. I didn't want to subject myself to anything more. Well, I mean, the Cruiserweight Championship match started us off, which was Neville, a.k.a. Pack versus Austin Aries, which should have been on the main show, probably. Um, But, like, this is the start of the heel Pack uh, character that we see on AEW now. He started that off in WWE. Um, when he became the king of the cruiserweights and he had a pretty good match with Austin Aries that a lot of people thought Austin Aries was supposed to win because, you know, a big heel who's been dominant for several months goes into WrestleMania against the plucky underdog champ uh, contender, even though Austin Aries has been, you know, Impact World Champion and Ring of Honor World Champion and all that other good stuff. Yes. Um but and they had like a fifteen minute back and forth match, um, with uh, Pack winning with the red arrow now, black arrow, that twisting shooting star press, which yes. was pretty fun. Yes. Uh, then we had the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal um, on the pre-show. Um, essentially, this one is remembered because Rob Gronkowski of the uh, formerly of the New England Patriots. Um, helped his buddy Mojo Raleigh win. I'll never forget la- that the security guards wouldn't let Rob Gronkowski in. And this woman security guard, like, like, took him down. Took him down and was like, no, you can't jump it. He's like, but I'm part of the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mojo Raleigh defeated uh, future WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Hell yes. To, to win the Andre Memorial 
uh, Battle Royal. Well, there you go. And that, yes, and then our last match because there was three matches. God damn. On on the pre-show was Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental Championship. Mid- another show. Mid card you know, city. I, yeah, well, yeah, but another match that probably should have been on the actual show. Um, this is when Baron. Cor- well, hold on. Yeah. No, Baron Corbin made his debut the year before. Sorry. Yes. He had won the Andre yes. the Andre the Giant. So I was trying to think Battle of this was Royal. still NXT Baron Corbin when he wore cowboy no. hats and had hair. He still had hair. He did not wear cowboy hats. Here. Yes. Um but this was a pretty standard SmackDown match <laughs> with uh, Dean Ambrose uh winning with a uh Dirty Deeds DDT in about 10 minutes. There you go. Yeah. Sounds like so, the Cruiserweight match was your favorite. Uh, yeah. I mean, Cruiserweight matches generally are my favorite. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we get into the main show. Tin Shay, I think her name is. Tin Chi? I, I don't know. She's booed as she's introduced to sing the American, America the Beautiful. Then there are jets flying over after the song, the same old song and dance. It's time for the ultimate thrill ride, WrestleMania 33. A roller coaster is driving up a hill, showing passports and sound bites, and then snippets of all the matches, and wrestlers are shown hyping up the event. I really, and really like Throwing the roller trip. coaster. Yes. I think my favorite was Brock Lesnar German suplexing the roller coaster onto the next part of the track. <laughs> because it because it's so realistic, he probably does that somewhere. Yes. Like in Canada. Yes. Just like Brock, throw the train. Okay. Yes, bro. Immediately Big E does his introduction and a large fireworks display happens. But it kind of looks like the kind of looks like crap in the daylight, though. They wasted all that money. Uh, the new day come out with the ice cream cart, and they are dressed as Final Fantasy. And Michael claims that he loves Final Fantasy. Yes, because this WrestleMania was brought to us by Wrestle uh, by Final Fantasy fourteen, which is their MMO, yes. their latest MMO. Because let's not forget that Final Fantasy Eleven was also a MMO. <laughs> yes. And the ramp is like a million miles long again this year. Yes. Your announcers for the evening. Michael Cole, Byron Saxton, and making his debut on the announce table, Corey fucking Graves. Woo? Question mark? Yes. Xavier plays the Final Fantasy victory song on the trumpet. And the New Day are the official hosts of WrestleMania. And Big E makes a dick joke. And this is just every New Day promo ever. I Pretty much. I'm tired. <laughs> SmackDown has their own announced team, though. Of Tom Phillips, David Otunga, and JBL. They're fun to watch, Michael. Ugh. <sighs> David Otunga, I'm sorry. The first yeah. match... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that he only kept his job for so long 
because of who his wife was. I figured it was part. because of his, uh, they had to have the token black announcer. No, I, he's uh, Jennifer Hudson's wife. Uh, our husband, yes. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Husband, wife, partner. There you go. I thought it had to do with the skin color. I'm sorry. I don't want to be disrespectful, but WWE does stupid stuff because they have to, instead of just, you know, being a normal company and hiring people for their talents and, 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 you know, things of that nature. No, we have to make sure we make everyone happy and, and there has to be the token black guy on the announcer's team. Nope. Nope. I think it's because of famous connections. Oh, no, I, I agree. I just thought it was on the assumption that's what it was. Anyway, I was wrong, obviously. Whatever. Moving on. We get the first match of AJ Styles. Versus Shane McMahon, who is your SmackDown commissioner. I am so sick of Shane McMahon. I am so sick Here of the Here comes McMahon. the money. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. AJ Styles Jesus Christ. AJ Styles is a face that runs the place. Styles was champion. He lost his title to John Cena and then got beat at Elimination Chamber, but feels he should be at the main event of WrestleMania. And he is upset with Shane McMahon. Cause why not? Styles viciously beat down Shane and he put his head through a car door window. The best part was, Shane wasn't even bleeding. Instead of going to the hospital, he comes out and says he's going to face him at WrestleMania. There is no blood anymore in the WWE. I also like the fact that when he was put through the window, they had it inside the camera shot from within inside the car. So the, you know, when he went through, you got the inside the car view. Well, it's WWE world. There's cameras literally everywhere at all times. That's why they don't have all this POV footage in their wrestling. Mm. So it's AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Don't Shane. get give uh, Kevin Dunn any ideas for yes. camera angles. Okay. Shane Sons are showing. You think the, the editing's bad now? Yes. Well, I that's why I quit watching. Well, one of the reasons I quit watching. Sh um, you know, we haven't. When's the last time we spoke? Um, it's been a minute. A little, it's been a minute. Yeah. Basically, I watched Royal Rumble and I hated it. Never again. I'm done. Well, you picked a really good Royal Rumble to watch. Are where you kidding me? It there was, was boring only, as where, fuck. where there was only two people who could potentially win. Yes. Both of the Royal Rumble matches. I needed to know if Cody or Chris Jericho or anyone else from AEW would just randomly show up. Well, Cody might still come to the WrestleMania, <laughs> but let's not talk about that right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Hey, I don't care because I'm going to have to watch <laughs> it eventually. So Shane's son is showing in the front row. Shane is wearing a custom WrestleMania 33 jersey. The three on his jersey is numero, numero unos, I think, for his three sons. Yes. JBL says that AJ Styles hasn't faced anything in his career like Shane McMahon, and I wanted to puke. Well, I mean, that's technically true. Nobody has ever shown AJ Styles the striking ability. 
quite like Shane McMahon. Uh, that is true. Not one match in, and we already have an ad read for Hulu by JBL. JBL then claims that Shane is built like an NFL linebacker and is ripped to the bone. And Saxon says that he is the cardio king and that AJ Styles won't be able to slow him down. And we should say by this point, um, Shane McMahon was already sweating and slightly purple. Yes. AJ Shane trade arm drags. AJ bails to the floor and mocks AJ who gets showered in booze from the crowd. Uh, the crowd is behind AJ Styles 100%, so Shane is hated. Both men are very talkative, and Shane yells, Oh yeah? You want to throw hands? And then he, uh... So then AJ is beaten into the corner. Okay. AJ Styles baseball slides Shane McMahon, who flies across the SmackDown announce table. Uh... AJ, uh, then Shane is able to get the better of AJ Styles with his push, with his punches and suplexes. Styles is able to stop Shane by hitting with an uh, Oshi Garoshi or yeah. Oshi Garoshi. Yeah, that thing. And then a calf crusher onto Shane McMahon. So far, all wrestling by both men. Styles hits a 450, but Shane catches AJ in the triangle. Eventually, AJ is able to get his feet, uh, to get to his feet, while Shane is still, has the hold locked on. He executes a Styles Clash for a two count, a random bouillet spot, but Shane gets to the better of Styles. He's kicked into the corner. AJ kicks at Shane, but misses. He then kicks the referee. Styles then hits the Pele kick to take down Shane. AJ Styles goes in the ring, gets a trash can. Um, Shane is put into the corner with the trash can, but it's, and he's going to perform the coast to coast made famous by Shane McMahon, not RVD. And he gets to the top, gets out the top rope as, uh, Shane gets, wait, what did I write? Shane's coast to coast style jumps off the top rope head first. Oh, that's right. And Shane shoves the trash can into the face of AJ. That looked impressive, but made no fucking sense. Yeah. So, that was kind of dumb. The ref is still out. Uh, he sets up the trash can. He hits his own east coast, coast to coast. Um, what else? Styles kicks out two. Shane goes to the outside. He clears me off the uh, SmackDown announce table. He brings AJ out, places him on the table. Shane flies through the air for his elbow drop, but AJ moves. Shane just coasts onto the top of the table, which does break, but, uh, yeah, he, he did a good slide across it. Yeah, he... That probably hurt a yes. whole lot. Yes. Shane's back in the ring. Phenomenal forearm by, uh... AJ is blocked by Shane with a tornado DDT. Shane then climbs to the top rope again. It's a huge shooting star press. AJ moves out of the way for a second time. Shane has missed a big move under two minutes. AJ takes off his elbow pads and yells to Shane, Come on! It's a phenomenal forearm for the three count. So AJ has beaten the best in the world, but if Shane wasn't Shane jumping off of stuff, 
Would he have won? Potentially. Shane is not the best in the world yet. That's next year. Ah, but. Well. I need to give props to Shane for wrestling a match with a little bit of usual theatrics for jumping through shit. But AJ was a trick person to go over. I I mean, yes, there should have been no question that AJ Styles should have won. Uh, but Shane was pretty impressive. The shooting star press, you know, that's a that's a hard move to do, as Billy Kidman will tell you. Yes. And Shane disagree. did it. And, and, and Shane did it pretty well. Yes. What did you think of the match? Um, I mean, I... I it's always very strange this this run of Shane's where he is the like this high level threat to all of these major superstars, whether it's the Undertaker or the Miz or AJ Styles, and it's just bizarre because like when we look back at Shane McMahon historically, uh, he yes he had some high profile matches, but he wasn't like a humongous threat ever you know like yeah we've looked and and now he is and it's because he has legend status which seems silly um shane but, does yeah oh fuck off yeah he does that's why he can go up one-on-one against the undertaker because he was around during the attitude era with the undertaker yes don't you remember don't you remember man. all of these <laughs> don't you remember when Shane McMahon and The Undertaker were considered equal threats during the, you know, you know, uh, it's the only it's, thing Shane McMahon was not capable of was counting the three count. Yes. So. And doing terrible commentary on Sunday Night Heat. What a maneuver! Yes. Um. I think that Shane is an okay wrestler. At this point, he can work a match with somebody like an AJ Styles or an Undertaker or a Miz, a good hand, and it's fine. Um, should it be a featured feud every year? No. That's where I get pissed off, is I'm just so sick and tired of Shane inserting himself with the fucking highest st- top stars, almost. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, I want a paycheck. Here, let me go insert myself with Undertaker. Let me go insert myself with Kevin Owens. Let me go do this. Let me go do that. Yeah. And... He's older now. My favorite WrestleMania... I mean, not my WrestleMania, sorry. My favorite Shane match is still Kurt Angle versus Shane at King of the Ring 2001. Right. But, and Shane was never considered a threat to Kurt Angle, really. No, he's just some plucky guy who couldn't, who wouldn't stay down. And he's... Yeah, right. You know? And he had his moments and he took them. But now it's like, oh, no. I gotta beat The Undertaker. I gotta be on the same... You know, uh, I could punch him and take him down. Like, give me a break. Like, it just, it feels like these uh, uh, these full-time wrestlers are lowering themselves by having to be in a match with Shane McMahon. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, they're under the pressure of like, holy fuck, if I injure this guy's, if I injure this guy, the boss is going to kill me. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of seeing Shane McMahon. I'm tired of the McMahons in general. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, they've not been unique for 20 fucking years. Yeah. 
the, uh, so the next thing was the Snickers commercial. This Snickers commercial was awesome. James Ellsworth was doing his best tap out commercial, but failing. He couldn't lift the weights as he would lift up, and there was some, and there were small middle weights that would fall off. He couldn't do the rope whip thingies where you know he'd where he'd whip them around. He couldn't climb up the rope, and then Ric Flair walks in and says, "Hey." Hey, honey, you all right? And he hands James Ellsworth a Snickers. He takes a bite, but it's Charlotte. And after oh. eating a Snickers, she is better. And then shows Michael Cole in a suit yelling, Yeah, let's do this! <laughs> Trying to lift weights and three large weights on them. And he can't. And Charlotte offers him a Snickers. And Michael Cole gets pretty ripped. Oh, yeah, and so that's the story. But Michael Cole actually... Like, went on a real diet and, like, got ripped a few years later. Right, he did. I don't know if he's like that anymore. But, yeah, he actually did a little, uh, you know, actually went on to get, get some muscle. But yeah, I really like this commercial. It's kind of funny. So I may have described it stupidly because I was kind of <laughs> writing it. I was writing it and watching it. Essentially, James Ellsworth was trying to do all the stuff you see, like, in the tap-out commercials. Um, right. and he couldn't, and then Ric Flair gives him a Snickers, and he eats it, and it turns into Charlotte, and then she can do all the stuff she needs, she needs to do. And then Michael Cole's being silly, in his suit, trying to lift weights. Yeah. Anywho. Did you see this commercial, or did you not get privy to this? Uh, I, I saw it when it happened, but I think I skipped over it this time. Gotcha. Brian Saxon starts doing a read and starts talking about a, a YouTube sensation. Then stops and says, oh, I'll get to that later. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, they were talking about Lily Singh. Yeah, well, it's like they, like, didn't mean to, like, go Show for it. Yet. Yeah, well, I, even, I don't think they even showed her. He just started talking about it. And then no, these, they like... Ended- in my version, they did end up showing Lily Singh, who I've never watched a single one of her YouTube videos. Yeah, I don't know I who mean, that is. Yeah. I know that she had a talk show on actual TV a while ago. It didn't go very well for her. And she has a book or something out, like a lot of YouTubers do. But I, I, I don't really know who she is. Yeah, so in this case, he stops and says, oh, we'll get to her later. Out comes Kevin Owens for his second WrestleMania match. Then Byron introduces Lily Singh. And like you, I'd never heard of her, but whatever I wrote. So, yeah, I don't fucking know. Anyway, probably the most, in my opinion, the greatest fucking feud of this WrestleMania. The greatest fucking feud in probably the last decade. For the United States Championship, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho, the U.S. Champion. So in probably yeah. one of the greatest segments on Raw was the Festival of Friendship with Kevin Owens yeah. and Chris Jericho. They're friends, and Owens is the WWE Champion, but Jericho keeps helping Owens win match after match. Along with Jericho, he's keeping a list of people who have wronged him in some way. So it went on for like a year. And even the guys from Live Audio Wrestling made the list. 
he would just say, you've made the list. And he'd add your name to it. It became a whole running thing. Yeah, like Tom Brady made the list and, and like all sorts of people. Yes. So I actually went back and rewatched this whole fucking segment. So Jericho throws this huge party in Las Vegas called the Festival of Friendship, where he gives big elaborate gifts, including my favorite, the recreation of Adam, or sorry, in this case, the creation of Adam, but it's called the creation of Kevin, with Jericho and Kevin Owens both decked out in their title belts, because again, uh, Chris Jericho was the U.S. champion, and uh, Kevin Owens was the WWE champion, so they're doing the whole pointing thing and they're both naked with just their their title belts around them. And I love the line of Kevin. He goes, Chris, you want me to hang this in my home? I have two kids. I can't have them see this. You don't even have pants on. <laughs> I died. Ah. Uh... I loved it. There was Art of Jericho, a sculpture by Ralph Guggenheim, and he yells, Sculpt it in, man! Did I lose you? No, I'm here. You're just you're just in shock and and just profound. No, I, I'm 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 silently laughing. Gilbert is brought back and killed by Kevin Owens after the emotional speech by Jericho because at the time uh, he was going to face Goldberg for the WWE Championship so it's been a fun year they you know Jericho's like oh man I love you and your brothers and Owens has a gift for Jericho and it's a brand new list and Jericho was thrilled. But then he sees his name on the list. And as he reveals, he pulls the list out of the box. It says, the list of KO. And Jericho is beat down and smashed through the Jeritron 5000. And Kevin Owens claims that Jericho was never his best friend. And he was just a tool for Owens to use in his WWE matches. And at the next pay-per-view before WrestleMania, which was Fastlane, Jericho versus Owens, which lasted not very long, Jericho distracted Owens to allow Goldberg to win the title in quick fashion. So that brings you up to this match. Yes. This match should have been for the Universal Championship. I agree. Would have made so much more. Fuck Goldberg. Chris Jericho gets a fireworks spectacular, which looks great as the sun is almost set by this time. Chris Jericho's 14th WrestleMania, tying Bret Hart for the sixth most matches. Just imagine, Jericho was told by Vince McMahon, your contract isn't even worth the paper it's printed on, and he's at his 14th WrestleMania. Vince McMahon is often wrong. I agree. What? Sami Zayn punches early. Wait, what? What did I write Sami Zayn? What did Sami Zayn do? Sami Zayn was not in this match. Why did I write Sami Zayn then? I don't know. 
I don't know either. I literally wrote, Sammy Zane punches early. And Jericho gets all <laughs> into the wall of Jericho. Oh, I, what the fuck was I smoking? You're like, I just wish Sammy Zane was in this match. I love him when <laughs> he fights for Owen. <laughs> I think that's it. <sighs> okay. A huge stupid idiot chant breaks out. Double cannonballs onto Jericho. Kevin Owens yells at Jericho saying he doesn't have friends. And then Jericho then gets a desperation drop kick. Now Jericho is yelling at Owens, calling him a son of a bitch. Uh, he tries for a code breaker, but Owens hits a power bomb for a two count. Jericho hits the top rope for a corona for a two count. Running Bulldog. And Jericho lands on his feet after the Lion's Soul attempt. A super kick by Owens only gets a two count. Owens then climbs to the top rope, misses a front splash, and Jericho hits a lion salt, but Kevin gets his knees up, and Kevin then again climbs to the top rope, hits a swanton bomb, but Jericho gets his knees up. A pop-up power bomb is blocked. Jericho hits the lion salt, but only gets a two count. Owens catches Jericho and locks in the walls of Jericho in the middle of the ring. Jericho is close to tapping, but he rolls out. Owens then hits a cannonball. He gets, uh, gets, gets stuck on his shoulders. This allows Jericho to get his own walls of Jericho locked in. Owens crawls himself to the bottom rope and he gets to the ropes to save himself. Owens hits a huge power bomb for a near fall of nowhere. Another pop up power bomb is turned into a code breaker onto Owens. But Kevin puts one finger on the bottom rope. Which I think was a staple in uh, ROH or wherever. It was the first here. Michael Cole lost his shit. One finger. Super kick to Jericho's knee and a power bomb to the side of the apron for Kevin Owens to pick up the win. He is the new U.S. champion. Yay! I like when I like when Kevin Owens wins because he's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, I agree. He's a great match. And Chris Jericho's yeah. a good good performer. Yes. So, I thought this had a really good match. They kept blocking each other's big moves, but they would get some offense in, and then they'd lose it. And then it just kind of ended up... The ending came out of nowhere. And I will never forget this match, partially because of the build-up. Excuse me, the build-up. Mm-hmm. But they had a 24 on this WrestleMania. And Chris... Or, uh, Kevin Owens walks to the back and asks Vince McMahon, is that what you were looking for? And he says, no. And Kevin Owens was so upset because he disappointed Vince McMahon. He didn't get the match that Vince McMahon wanted. Mm. And you see Jericho, or not Jericho, you see Kevin just kind of sulking, upset with himself. But then I rewatch this match, and I'm like, fuck you, Vince. Like, what kind of match did you expect? He, he wanted them to not perform as well, so that Apparently. people so that people would not be disappointed with the main event. That's about it. Yeah, I like this match. It was good. All right. Um, So that was the match. Next up, we had Bailey making her Raw debut after WrestleMania last year. And after some interference from Sasha Banks, 
Bailey became the women's champion. Oh. I completely forgot about this. I remember her debuting, but I did not remember her winning the title on her first night. Because it feels like they did the same thing with Paige. You know what I mean? Where, well, they Paige, did. Paige came in and just beat AJ Lee. But, yeah. But, yeah. So it's the Raw Women's Championship Fatal 4-Way. Bailey, your champion. So she's held the title for like a year now. Or some shit. I don't know. We'll get into it here in a second. Versus Charlotte versus Sasha versus Nia Jax. And Who's I for- not like most girls. Who's that? Nia Jax? Yes. Okay. She's the cousin that- of The Rock. Yes. No, that's that's her song. Oh. She's not like most girls. Okay. I thought you were trying to... Okay. And then they zoom in on her eye. Yes. Yes. All the women... Oh, wait. Why the fuck didn't I... Did I seriously not? I didn't. Okay. I meant to talk about the fucking promo they had for this match. Did you enjoy the promo? It was, like, done, like, showing all their NXT stuff and... And all that jazz. And they really put an NXT emphasis on this match. And then Nia Jax cool. just inserted herself. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I thought it was dumb. cool because NXT used to be very important to WWE. Oh, yeah. I bought the uh, WWE Network on day one, and NXT was the first thing I watched. Because um, they had their, their, their test live event or whatever. Um, yeah, they had some kind of unique uh, opening. So, anyway, I, I don't know why I didn't write down. Sorry. All the women attack Nia Jax when she destroys them all. Oh, and apparently this is an elimination match, according to Michael Cole. They didn't bother fucking telling you. All three... Uh, I already said that. Uh, oh, then all three women attack Nia again, and Sasha and Bailey try to lift up Nia for a back suplex, but it took Charlotte hitting a big boot... To get the momentum to knock my uh, Naya over, and then she kicks out a triple power bomb on Nia Jax, and all three women cover Naya, and she's eliminated. Charlotte then wants to high five, but Sasha and Bailey don't, so Charlotte leaves, saying that they should fight, and they can, and they do, cause wait, why not? Charlotte quickly gets involved with the match, takes out both women with a twisting moonsault. Uh, after a great back and forth between Sasha and Charlotte, there was an exposed turnbuckle, and Sasha had Charlotte rolled up, but the force of the kick, uh, of the kick out, Sasha faced first into the steel. She then was eliminated, and now it's down to Bailey and Charlotte. Charlotte tries to get a figure eight in, but Bailey gets to the bottom rope, Charlotte attacks the bad knee of, fa- of Bailey. If Charlotte wins the match, it would be her fifth reign as women's champion. She's only been in the fucking WWE for like two years. Yes. God. But we have, but we have to. She has to have as many reigns as her father. You know what's best? And, that- and now, now, because she's so fucking close, they were like, oh. Five of those reigns didn't count. NXT's didn't count. Yeah, the two NXT title reigns did not count. So dumb. (laughs) Anyway, should be your fifth champion. But Bailey comes back. 
off the top rope with an elbow drop and gets a pinfall to keep the women's championship. I thought this was just an okay match. I think part of the challenge is that Charlotte and Sasha have really good chemistry with each other, but it's amazing to think that five years later, these three women are still in the main event spots and not much has really changed. They just trade the belts back and forth. And I think watching it, you know, five years later, that magic has worn off. I'm not saying any of these competitors are bad. I mean, Bailey, during the pandemic era, did a really good job of reinventing her character and being evil and yes. being a heel. But Charlotte, and Charlotte, think, and Sasha, Sasha. And it also I, well, I'm, I was going to say that I, 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 from what I have, little I have seen of Sasha Banks's newer character role, she plays a very, very good heel. What, she's like, a heel now? It, oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's different than what she was a little while ago. It was much more conniving. Because, I mean, like, uh, to be honest, I have not watched WWE full-time in probably two years. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, and, and but I mean, Charlotte, like, Charlotte, though. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte. And Sasha just seems to get injured a lot. But when she yeah. comes back, she's just like, I'm the boss. I know Snoop Dogg. He's my fam. Here's a random shitty Snoop Dogg track. I like Eddie Guerrero. And then I'm injured again. Well, yes. Reads and repeats. I just, uh, granted, they've they've gotten more women. They've got Carmella. They've got, who's the hair whip lady? Oh, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair's, yeah. And Ronda. And, you know, they've got a good, healthy women's roster. But I just always feel like, in a pinch, the WWE just goes back to these three women because... You know, they're established. And it's just, it's its old. Like, watching this back, I'm just like, okay, I've seen this enough. Like, just Jesus, you know? Because unfortunately, it's going to keep happening. Well, yes, but I i think it could be argued that they botched Bailey here. Um, I was face. honestly shocked to see. Oh, yeah, I don't disagree no bit. When she came up, they, they neutered her character. Yeah. Um, but I was even shocked that Bailey A was in the match, B she was a champion, and C she left as champion. I mean, I true. These four I women, don't think she. I don't think she held on to the title for very much longer after this, though. I figured if these four women, Bailey would be the one person who would have gotten beat, and to mm. watch her win, I was shocked. But yeah, she's a shell of her former self that her character was in NXT. It's time for the class of 2017. Hall of Fame. DDP. Chippa Chippa. The Rock and Roll Express. Teddy Long. Rick Rude. Beth Phoenix. And your main event. Kurt. Broken freaking neck angle. You suck. Yeah. That's about it. Oh, well, there's also Eric Legrand, who won the Warrior Award. I ignored that, because I was like, I don't know who this guy is, and I don't believe in the Warrior Award. It's a bunch of bullshit made-up stuff. So I didn't write it down. Yes. 
Beth Phoenix had a terribly long Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, Teddy Long was interesting. I can listen to Teddy Long tell stories because he's been in the business for like ever. He's like Methuselah. Been around. He's been around forever, and it's really sad that like a lot of the obviously a lot of the early days was racist as fuck. But good on him for persevering and. I don't know how to say that correctly. Putting up with it? I, I I don't I don't know the politically correct thing to say. But it's bullshit mm. he had to go through that. Yeah. Fuck our nation. Um DDP's was eh, interesting. I liked Kurt Angles though. He went over the top ham with it. And he even like covered himself in milk. milk and- yes. Yes. And you know, every year. I'm just like, how many more, how many more people? Like, this has got to end. You know what, what I mean? Hall of Fame? Yes. They've already gotten all the big names. Nah, there's people left. Not that many. Undertaker hasn't been in yet. Well, he's coming in this year. The Rock hasn't been in. Really? I thought he was. No. He probably doesn't want to be. Saving him. Um, next up, we had a tag team ladder match. And holy fuck, dude. Holy fuck. I forgot how much Big Cass and Enzo were over. This was so fucking fun to watch. What, all the crowd chanting yes. along with them? Like, for once, it didn't seem man like, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this did not seem manufactured. These guys were so... I I still remember. I think it was the night after WrestleMania or the night... Th- something had happened where the fucking mic had broken. And the entire crowd did the entire entrance on behalf of them. And they were just... Oh, God, dude. I was so happy to see that. So tag team ladder match, Big Cas and Enzo Amore, Cesar, sorry, Cesaro, and Sheamus, in there. Cesar. Cesar. <laughs> Cesar. Uh, and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, known as the Club. The Good Brothers. Yes, and it's crazy. So Big Cas and Enzo were hella over, and less than a year later. They're Enzo both gone. would be accused of sexual assault and fired from the company. <clears throat> Enzo was ultimately found that there was not enough evidence. The New Day... Oh, that's what I wrote? Jesus, what a, what a weird transition. I just, I just wrote the information yeah, yeah. down and then just moved on. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there wasn't uh, enough evidence. And it's crazy because I remember at this time too, people would be like, oh, we were on a tour and... Uh, Enzo Mori would talk really loud and they threw him off the bus. Or he'd yeah. like, oh, he'd have to change outside in the hallway because he was an asshole. And now he and Bubba Ray Dudley are teaming up on the indies and uh, Big Cass is in Impact, Impact as W. Morrissey. Yes. And Being thankfully, very tall. Yes. And I hope 
I mean, Enzo has had his share of problems. Chaos had his share of mental health incidents. I mm-hmm. really, really hope that's in the past now with with uh, W. Morrissey. I think that was a huge wake-up call for him. And, you know, obviously for the world. That was wild. I feel apparently like he's very apparently he's very good friends with uh, Luke Gall- Gallows and oh, Luke cool. has been has been helping him out. Oh, a that's lot. awesome. And Enzo, I think, has finally fucking moved on with his life from WWE. I mean, there was that incident in like I think Survivor Series or one show. He like hijacked the show for like two minutes where he was on the crowd and he was like standing on the. And then, like, he was tackled by security. It was great. But I think Enzo finally moved on. And he stopped rapping, I hope. Because goddamn, he sucks. He, he's gotten jacked recently. Good on him. But, like, not... It, it doesn't look healthy. <laughs> like, I, I, it looks like he, he might be taking the juice. Well, well. I don't know what to say. He's not, uh, never mind. I won't say anything. So the new day comes out. And they say, hey, there's another match. This is going to be a fatal four-way. And I was like, ah, shit. They're going to insert themselves. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a new day. Right. But no, they don't insert themselves. It's the Hardy Boys. And they come out to a huge fucking pop. As nobody expected this because they were on the Ring of Honor show the night, the night before. before. Yes. Also in a ladder match. So they must have been hurting something awful. Oh shit, right? So Matt is donning his broken Matt character, which was super over in TNA. The bell rings and everyone attacks everyone. The Hardys do their signature spots, poultry in motion on both the Good Brothers a whisper on the wind by Jeff. Matt and Jeff have ladders, and Jeff is the first to climb, but he gets knocked down. The Good Brothers are tag team champions coming into the match. Kaz hits a big boot on uh, Cesaro's, and Jeff flies off the top of the turnbuckle, is knocked, kicked out of the midair by Big Kaz. The Hardys make ladder bridges to the outside, and then they get sandwiched in between them. All kinds of crazy shit. A Swiss 19 by Cesaro. What the hell was the Swiss 19? Uh, he did a, a um, 619. There you go. Uh, after a big swing and Sheamus beating the chest of Gallows for forever. It was like 45 times or some shit. Sheamus hits a broke kick in the middle of the rope. Or from the middle rope, excuse me. And he lands into a big pile of people below. A huge brother Nero chant breaks out. Sheamus gets to the titles, but uh, but follows, as I wrote, and Sheamus fight to the top, and Enzo uh, knocks off the ladder, or knocks over the ladder, excuse me. Enzo then climbs the ladder, and Cass puts him on his shoulder, and then Cass is thrown into the ladder, and it's taken out by Sheamus and the club. Meanwhile, Enzo is still on a ladder, but he is stopped from... Progressing by Carl Anderson. Enzo then is thrown off the ladder. Gets hit in midair by Cesaro with an uppercut. 
a magic killer, uh, but the Good Brothers, uh, what was it say, uh, magic killer, but the Good Brothers, on to Cesaro's twist, oh, did something, it was basically a combination of moves, on to the Good Brothers to take him out, it's twist of fate, from the top of the ladder by Matt Hardy under Luke Gallows. Jeff Hardy climbs a large ladder. He does his WrestleMania 17 spot, but only goes through one of the two tables. Sheamus just rolls yeah. off untouched. It was hilarious. Yeah, no, it looked like it fucking... That too. Because <laughs> literally, Matt... Or sorry, Jeff literally missed... Seamus altogether broke the table in front of him. Of, like, instead of being in between them, uh, Seamus was on the one closest to the ladder. Jeff overshot Seamus, went through the second table. So Seamus, you just see Seamus just roll off onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and Seamus is probably like, thank fuck. <laughs> Matt Hardy then climbs the ladder and wins the match. This was a really fast-paced, fun match. A lot of brawling and a lot of big, beefy men versus a ton of high spots and the usual outer spots. So I thought this was a really fun match because it, was, it wasn't your typical, like, WWE ladder match, per se. You had a lot of good people who did a lot more brawling and the ladders were used in a different manner. What did you think of the match? I thought it was a, a pretty fun match. Um... It was really fun to see the Hardy Boys back in the WWE, um, but a, a weird combination because Matt was still very much trying to do the delete chance, and Jeff is much more like, no, not right now. I'm in the WWE and now, damn it. And then he's like doing his weird Jeff Hardy dance. Yes. Uh, and I, I, the bar have been one of my favorite tag teams of the last ten years. I think Sheamus and Cesaro are very, very good together. They ripped um, off. I, they ripped off. Goddamn Dragon Ball Z. They ripped yes, off they the Ginyu Force. Yes, they did. And I like their entrance. And I, I'm a good, big old fan of the Good Brothers as well. I think they're great together. So, like, several of my favorite teams. Of, from all different generations there, and then Enzo and Cass. Um, <laughs> I mean, this was their, I think, their first WrestleMania, so... so and, and luckily, their last. Yeah. Oh, come on. Nah, no. I, I just still remember the match with Enzo versus Big Cass, and <laughs> Enzo knocked himself out. Uh, so... To bring this back to today times, Cesaro's contract has expired in the WWE. He is now a free agent at the time of this recording. Yes, he's ROH go to a, has been bought. Go, yes. So where do you see him going? He's going to go to AEW. You think so? Yes. You don't see him going to New Japan? No, I don't. You think it's too tough uh, and rumble over there? No, it's not that. I, it's just that he was a fixture in pro wrestling guerrilla mm -hmm. for several years. And when you're a fixture in pro wrestling guerrilla, you tend to get a job in AEW. I'm just saying. Fair. All right. Miss and Maurice. Wait. Yeah. 
versus John Cena and Nikki Bella. Oh, this match. I know. Thank God. And it's introduced by Al Roker. Yes. Who who is? introduces himself as Chocolate Thunder. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Nobody has ever called Al Roker that in, in his entire life. He's a weatherman. A weatherman. Okay, makes sense though. Chocolate Thunder. No. He could have called himself the Hailstorm or something. I don't know. No. You know what would have been great if he had not shown up. <laughs> hey, they gotta get that NBC Universal. Uh, no, I don't care spot. about corporate synergy. No <laughs> Al Roker on my WrestleMania, please. Hey, at least he didn't dress up with like a cape with like thunderstorm icons or something on it. Uh. <laughs> uh, who is the WWE's biggest power couple, Zach? Miz and Maurice. Okay. They were because great. they're actually there. <laughs> yes. They were great promos leading up to this match. Uh, they would all clown on each other and, like, rip on each other. And they'd even, like, you know, kayfabe break a little bit. Al Roker does the introductions. And the women just start off first. But Maurice tags out before anything happens. And the mixed match rules dictate that there can be no intergender violence. Lots of stalling early by The Miz, but finally the match starts, and Miz gets the upper hand early. Cena is almost already dead. Miz plays to the crowd, who is really over for some reason, because everyone hates John Cena. This was weird. No, this was awesome, because The Miz is awesome, and people are finally realizing it. The Miz is really good. (laughs) The Miz panders to the crowd, and he hits move after move. And then does it one too many times. And he gets crotch and he crotches himself on the t- middle rope. And Maurice pulls Nikki off the ring so Cena can't tag out. An AA attempt, but the Miz turns it into a spinning DDT for a near fall. Yes kicks by Miz. Miz gets too close to the uh gets too close to Nikki and she slaps him. And this allows Cena to send Miz over the top rope, and Nikki is eventually tagged in. Nikki Bella had been training with Daniel Bryan because she hits a suicide dive through the middle rope, taking out Miz. So there's intergender violence happening. Yes. On the floor. Disqualification. Exactly. Both Nikki and Cena do the five knuckle shuffle and double 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 AAs and pin their opponents at the same time. Why this is allowed is beyond me. But they win. I wrote this was a very lackluster match. Yes. And then what happens afterwards is stupid. Ah, yes. So in my (laughs) brother's favorite review from a few WrestleManias ago, he called me up laughing his ass off saying, Rob, I loved when you said, and now John Cena can marry Nikki Bella. After the match, Cena grabs a microphone and proposes to Nikki. She kisses him, so it's a yes. Unfortunately, one year later, Nikki would call off the engagement and end the relationship with John and now Cena. John Cena. And now John Cena's married to somebody else. Well, you want to know why they didn't get married? They didn't. Cena didn't want children. 
and it's something they couldn't agree upon because Nikki wanted children. She has since given birth to a boy along with Bree one day apart. Kind of creepy. That is kind of creepy. Yeah, I'm going to fuck my new boyfriend. Yeah, me too. We'll just get, <laughs> let's get pregnant together. Yeah! Let's have a reality TV show too. Okay. Uh, yeah. Crazy. But, next up, the unsanctioned match. Burn it down! Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Triple H plucked Seth from obscurity and made him a superstar. And obscurity, H, a.k.a. Ring of Honor. Yes. And Triple H did everything for him. But then he got injured. And he stopped listening to Triple H. Triple H is the creator, Zach. He's the head of NXT. But he doesn't want to be the guy who ends careers. But Seth is pushing him to the limit. He just wants to build things, okay? Yes, he's a builder, damn it. He's like Bob the Builder. He has Diego, the helper. A.K.A. Uh, William Regal. Don't make me angrier. <laughs> yes. Seth Rollins wants to prove himself to everyone by becoming the Kingslayer. Because Triple H is going to do so much damage, he proposes an unsanctioned match with his little leg is still a little hurty though. And Triple H's music hits on the stage. There's a ton of police motorcycles and Triple H is on his third wheel, his three wheel motorcycle with Stephanie on the back. I'm pretty sure Undertaker is laughing in the back or really jealous because he's super into the blue line stuff. Nothing? No. Why the fuck does Triple H have police escorts? What a waste of police resources. Listen, he needs to have his over-the-top WrestleMania entrance, and he needs to do it on his tricycle. Apparently. It's very important. It was funny watching serious Triple, uh, serious face Triple H slowly drive his motorcycle around, followed by cops. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, brr, I'm angry, brr. I don't know. Stephanie looked awesome this year. I didn't pay attention. I'm done. Big hair. Big, humongous hair. Poof it was hair. awesome. Poof hair McMahon. <laughs> Poof hair Steph. She looked like a super villain. It was great. She blew it out. So, <laughs> Seth Rollins comes to the ring with a flaming torch, but then he just puts it down and walks to the ring. But then... The flame goes across the LEDs. Oh, it so actually did something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. I yeah, just thought no, he put it, it down. I know. You put it down, and then the whole, like, ramp slash thing gets covered in flames. Oh, I just thought that was so part he, of his entrance. He's burning it down. Oh, well, I'm an idiot. Because I just thought that was part of his entrance. Because they were just leaning really hard into the burn it down. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I didn't like, put two right, and two I, together. I just thought he was trying to came up with a torch. I have this torch. I put it down. <laughs> okay. Put it down. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. They went to yell, put it down. It meant burn it down. Whoops. 
Oh, I'm an idiot. I fucking completely like just whew, over my head. <laughs> Seth rains down punches early. His right knee is in a huge brace, but they quickly well, go over the barrack. Oh, go ahead. We should say that uh, we were not sure that this match was going to happen because Seth got injured like a month before this match was supposed to take place because he twisted his knee while being in the Kakina clutch via Samoa Joe. <sighs> Man, that's a whole other story. Damn it, Joe. I love you so much, buddy. You keep fucking everything up. So that's why he has humongous brace on because his knee was actually injured. Oh, no. Uh, let's see. Seth Rinsdale punches early. His knee's in a huge brace. They quickly go over the barricade and an empty arena in the crowd and fight. Seth body box body drops Triple H to the mats. Cole mentions that Rollins had been battling the flu leading up to WrestleMania 33. So that sucks. You're hurt. And then you've also fucking got the flu. So, actually, I read a little more into this. They almost, again, called the match off. Because even the day before, he was feeling like shit. And I wouldn't be shocked if he still had symptoms. Yeah. Like, fuck. Give that man a raise. Rollins clears the announce table, but Triple H is able to reverse and then hit a DDT onto the table, which does not break. Triple H then grabs a chair and hits the bad knee with the chair. Triple H continues to work over the knee. Seth Rollins climbs to the top rope, but Triple H stops him. They fight on the top rope. Rollins take. Rollins tries for a sunset bomb, but his knee buckles, and it's the same move that caused the injury to the knee, which I am 100% wrong on. I thought it was from the. Uh, I thought it was related well, to the injury in in Europe. And well, yeah. So that's what they're playing into. Okay, I was right then. Yes, they're playing into that, but, like, right before this match happened... Yeah, he legitimately injured his knee. Yeah. Triple H just smiles. Out of nowhere, Seth hits a buckle bomb after a pedigree attempt. So far in the match, the crowd really hasn't been into it. They're just kind of quiet. Seth Rollins and hits a crossbody block to the outside of the... to the outside, landing on this bad knee. But Seth is able to continue beating up Triple H. Seth pulls out two chairs and a table, to which the crowd finally starts to get starts to pop. Rollins hits a front splash to the back of the Triple H for a two count. Triple H then begs off as Seth grabs a chair and kicks the bad knee and hits a huge spin, spine buster. I wrote spin buster. Uh, and then humanizes the ankle with the chair. Triple H then grabs a sledgehammer, but Rollins fights back and breaks down to a booyah spot. Seth and Rollins then hits a, uh, has a sledgehammer, but Stephanie grabs a hammer from Rollins, and Triple H hits a pedigree, and the crowd bit hard and only gets a two count. Triple H tries for a super pedigree, but Rollins back body drops Triple H to the mat. He then hits a phoenix splash for another near fall. Stephanie gets on the ring apron. Triple H almost runs into her. Rollins hits a super, nu a super kick. 
and Triple H falls into Stephanie, who goes through a table that was set up earlier by Seth Rollins. Rollins hits a pedigree to pick up the win. And that's the match. He yes. is now the Kingslayer. And he the, can burn, he can burn, he can burn down. things down more. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's now a pyro. What did you think? I, I thought the match was just okay. Like It was a Triple H match. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was a Triple H match. I'm not trying to diminish anything by any means. Uh, fucking Seth no, but Rollins Triple H- was- but Triple H has a match, much like Ric Flair has a match, and you're going to have a Triple H match when you fight Triple H. It yep. doesn't really matter who the opponent is. Yep. That's about it. Yep. Music act. Oh. Who fucking cares? Who's... Moving on. Music act? Yeah. I was Pitbull. I don't give a fuck. I, I fast-forwarded. Fuck Pitbull. But he's Mr. Worldwide. Fuck Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> I want Mr. Universe. Gary Stridham? Wow. Sure. Okay. Yes. So you were going to say something previous? No. Okay. Next up, we've got the WWE Championship match. Oh, not this match. Randy Orton <laughs> versus Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt says that Randy Orton is sick of is sick if he has voices. He should listen to them. They then joined forces. And Randy won the Wait. Rumble at the Elimination Chamber. Bray won the WWE title. See, Bray Wyatt doesn't listen to Randy Orton's theme song very well because no. Randy Orton has voices in his head. They counsel him, they understand, they talk to him, which means he does listen to them. Yeah. Clearly. Orton refuses to fight Bray at WrestleMania. But it was all an act, Rizak. Randy Orton takes a cue from Seth Rollins, and he burns down the Wyatt Shack. Yes, he just burns down Bray Wyatt's house in <laughs> kayfabe. <laughs> and he's supposed to be the face. And We're and, supposed to cheer this person. And Batista came out of nowhere and yelled, You were supposed to be my friend! Uh, yeah so he just randomly burns down the house well whatever now Bray Wyatt doesn't have any creepy place to live he has to get an apartment just like everybody else and it's not going to be good for him (laughs) (laughs) finally making use of the LED lamp a giant snake follows Randy Orton as he walks to the oh my god no it is not a giant snake it does not look like a snake. No. Randy Orton would later call it a giant sperm. Yes. And the best that part was, like. this fucking thing moved at like one frame a second. Power slam early by Orton. He goes for the arcade, but Brody rolls out of the ring. A lot of brawling on the outside, but once back in the ring, Bray gets the advantage. The lights go out, and the ring turns into a bunch of maggots. And Orton rolls out of the ring. A running splash into the corner by Wyatt. And Bray would go into the corner and tap his boots. And then hang upside down. And the lights would go out. And then earthworms were shown on the ring canvas. And Bray yells that he is a god. Um, A senton splash by Wyatt. 
by Wyatt for a two count. Again, the crowd is silent. Uh, the Sister Abigail by Bray sliding Orton's head against the barricade. But nothing comes of it. Orton then gets an RKO on the outside of his own. Orton then starts to make a comeback. But Sister Abigail uh, uh, makes a comeback. Uh, Sister Abigail for a two count in the middle of the ring. This match has been slow and the crowd is dead. Wyatt does his crab walk and roaches are projected onto the screen. I don't know how the hell this is supposed to hurt Orton. But then Randy just hits an RK out of nowhere and gets a three count win for the ma uh, match. He is now the WWE Champion. Yay to that. For the 13th time. Oh, yeah. This match is boring, I wrote. Crowd was silent and the projections were dumb. You could hear a pin drop during the three count as nobody thought Orton was going to win. Right, because it doesn't make any sense for Orton to win because he's the heel in this match. He burnt down Bray Wyatt's house and then Bray Wyatt is just like going crazy and he's like, oh, you know what's going to help? Projections of bugs. bugs I do gotta are... say though, I wonder how they did it because it turned out really well. Of course, it did it at night, so that really helps. Yeah, I mean, they just had, like, a light shining from above. Oh, that's what I figured, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, I was but, like, like what the fuck? Also, like, that's one of the things that, live, that probably didn't look like anything to the people who were in the audience. Especially if they were close to the ring, they probably couldn't see that. Yeah. So. Oh, so definitely that, they couldn't. I, I've, so I, I went to... What was it? Clash of Champions 2019? 18? It was when The Fiend didn't officially debut, but he was up in the rafters at the end of the show. Um, And we were three rows back, and the ring is actually higher than you are. So you can't see shit on the mat itself. Right. And there's no big projection. They they just put, like, the promo, or sorry, the logo of the show on the big screen. So you can't really watch anything. So, live, that probably didn't look like anything, so people were probably very confused that... Why is he why... freaking out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, much like most things that... Bray Wyatt are involved in. It's an interesting idea. It just wasn't executed. No, that, that's what I've said numerous times. The build-up to the match is amazing. Execution is always a, a dud. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. The Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, your champion. Ooh. Yeah. According to Paul Heyman, after defeating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 24... He had beaten everybody. Wait, was it WrestleMania 24? It was to WrestleMania 20. Yeah, I was going to say 20. Why the fuck did I write 24? Well, I did. Whatever. I'll say, yeah, he left after... Both of them left after WrestleMania 20. So after WrestleMania 20, he had beaten everyone and left. But Brock Lesnar left to beat others with scenes from the UFC. And then he came back and beat everybody down. Goldberg then came back as a father and a superhero and to the public Goldberg destroyed Brock in 1 minute and 12 seconds and became the universal champion 
So the crowd is alive now. Paul Heyman steals the microphone from JoJo, does a huge introduction for Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg just gets JoJo. Goldberg is booed when introduced. Immediately, Goldberg is suplexed three times, and but Goldberg takes down Lesnar, hits a spear, but Lesnar rolls out of the ring. Lesnar is speared through the barricade. A Goldberg chant breaks out. Back in the ring now, Goldberg sets up for the jackhammer, but Lesnar picks up Goldberg, but that is blocked, and Goldberg hits another spear on Lesnar. Nothing but big moves by both men. Jackhammer on Lesnar, one, two, kick out the very last second. Goldberg is surprised. The crowd is going nuts. Uh, I love him and yelling to Lesnar, he's in possession! <laughs> uh, when he's about to pit, when he's about to spear him. Lesnar then leapfrogs Goldberg after another spear attempt. A series of suplexes again on Goldberg. Uh, up to 10 suplexes at this point. The crowd is unglued. Lesnar hits the F5. Gets a three count. Brock Lesnar wins the Universal Championship. Both men knew what they had to do. Big move after big move. A much, much, much better match than WrestleMania 20. Yes, much, much better. Um, not as good as their match at Survivor Series, which was shorter. Yes. But still a good match. And I swear, if they would have just ended the show at this, like, done. But no, they continued. Well, actually, <laughs> so when I was watching this live, I shut the show off after this. I was like, yeah, of course Brock Lesnar and Goldberg are the main event. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So I had to go back the next day and watch the last two matches. Oh, man. Next up is the six women's, six, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship six-pack challenge. I am shocked by... The fact that all but one person in this match is still employed today. Alexa Bliss is your champion. Yep. Becky Lynch, Mickey James, Carmella, Natalia, and Naomi. Yep. Mickey James is the only one who got fired. Twice. And she's do- yes, and she's doing quite well for herself. Yes. Naomi gets a super long entrance with her backlight and neon clothes and hair. Uh, I think she was actually debuting debuting that look. I don't know. Yes. She gets a super long entrance and she dances everywhere. Excuse me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. Natty comes out to a in a feathery headdress. Uh, it is one pinfall. This is the first time the SmackDown Women's Championship is being defended at WrestleMania. Naomi is double suplexed to the outside of the ring. Mickey James and Becky Lynch. Uh, oh, outside in the ring. They're just there, apparently. With the help of James Ellsworth to hold Becky in the middle of the rope, Carmella hits a hurricanrana. Tons of trash talked by Alexa and Carmella. My favorite is Alexa kicks the back of Carmella. And then yells, ow. (laughs) (laughs) Ellsworth gets in the ring and goes for a no-chin music, but is caught by Becky and gets a Bexploder for his trouble. But Mickey hits a seated senton for a two on Becky. Natalia gets a double sharpshooter on Carmella and Naomi. But uh, Mickey hits a Mick kick 
for a two count, but it's broken up by Becky. If Mickey wins, she will tie Trish Stratus for the seventh most women's champion title reigns, I guess. Oh, to be a seven-time women's champion, excuse me. Naomi with the rear view, she hits you with her ass. That's yes. what I wrote. Yes, she does. And hits a flying crossbody block to every participant on the outside. Alexa is thrown back in the ring by Naomi, and they fuck up the final spot. But some kind of submission move is is put on, and Alexa taps out. And her hometown, Naomi wins a SmackDown Women's Championship. And I don't think Naomi ever uses this move ever again. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Your thoughts on the match? It's as much as I hate to say it. it it's a it's a dead match it essentially is. because it's just getting people ready for the final match. For what it was, it was fine. Um, I remember that this match was initially going to be on the pre-show as well, and then it got moved to this spot. Well, you can't so. have the cruiserweights, you know. In between the main event, you know, the crowd will get too excited and, and happy. No, I think they were going to have four matches on the pre-show. Jesus. And they moved this one yeah. onto the main show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just kept thinking, like, Jesus Christ. Just what would become of Becky Lynch in the coming years? And how she was like nothing here. It was really weird watching back. The New Day come out, and they announce a Citrix Bowl world record, blah, 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 blah. 75,245 people. Moving on. Your main event, The Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Did you watch the uh, Undertaker series on WWE Network? The... No. Okay. They talk about this match quite a bit. Well, I can see why. Yeah, basically, he wasn't happy with this match. Yeah. Roman took Undertaker's yard, and it's Roman's yard now. It's his time. After the promo package, the Sooner Fight music song starts, and out comes Jim Ross, because he has been called to call the match, because fuck if Michael Cole can do it. It's kind of weird. During Roman's entrance, we're told the match is no holds barred. So they keep adding fucking shit to it. Undertaker throws Roman out of the ring and yells, My yard! And does it again. Still my yard! And Taker throws Roman into the steps. Uh, both men trade momentum with punches and headbutts. And Undertaker hits a toxic kick, according to JR. And then a drive-by yeah. on The Undertaker. After being ran into the ring post, uh, Reigns is in choke slammed to the announce table, but it doesn't break. Undertaker gets on the announce table. Reigns spears Taker through the table from another table. Back in the ring now, Roman takes apart Undertaker. But while doing a 10 count, Undertaker turns it into a last ride. Powerbomb for a 2 count. Undertaker grabs a chair. He beats down Roman with it. A Superman punch by Roman, then a second... And then goes for a third, but Undertaker hits a choke slam onto the chair that was on the canvas, but Rain kicks out. <clears throat> Undertaker hits a tombstone, 
But again, Reigns kicks out to a chorus of boos, and a bullshit chant starts. Undertaker tries for a reverse tombstone, but Taker, uh, but couldn't get Taker up after two attempts, and just hits a Superman punch for a two count. Rain measures the Undertaker, who slowly gets to his feet. A spear under Undertaker. He goes for the cover, but Undertaker gets a Hell's Gate applied. A big spear by Roman. A near fall, and then another big spear by Reigns for another near fall. Undertaker sits up, but he can't get up fully, and he collapses to the canvas. Roman hits an extra long running spear to finally defeat the Undertaker. The Undertaker then is left in the ring as Roman leaves, gets a huge firework explosion as he celebrates at the top of the ramp. In the middle of the ring, the Undertaker is dressed up again, but then takes off his gloves, his coat, and his hat, and leaves him in the middle of the ring, usually a sign of a retirement, as WrestleMania goes off the air. This match yeah. was just... Sad. Sad. Exactly. Because Undertaker was trying to do the things that... It was It was like watching the Ric Flair retirement match, where Ric Flair was trying to do the things that made him Ric Flair, like, 30 years ago, and that he hasn't really done in a while, and, um, like, and he was with Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels could really help him out, and Roman is a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Roman Reigns <laughs> is no Shawn Michaels, though, and so even though he is a good wrestler, he can't really help The Undertaker in the same sort of way, and so things kind of fell apart. Yeah, this match, Undertaker was not happy with. Uh, Undertaker always would say, like, I didn't want to come back for a match and then put on a bullshit performance and, you know, and be like a show of my former self. And he really felt he needed, like, hip surgery. Like, they were, like, shooting him up with, like, with shit before the match because he was in so much pain. Like, this wasn't a good match and he was really unhappy with it. He'd spent a bunch of time training and, you know, trying to get back into shape. And his body was broken down at this point. And he really felt he did a bad job the match. But he also felt he did a huge disservice to Roman Reigns. Yeah. Because this was supposed to be Roman's, like, the torch has been passed moment. And, you know, he felt the match was just shitty. And then, like, a couple of months after this match, Roman Reigns and Undertaker had a tag team match, which was great. Well, I mean, the bare bones, you can work around the tag team match. Like, you know, yeah. hey, let Roman do the match, and then, you know, let Undertaker come in and hit a couple big, you know, choke slam or a last ride or whatever and get the pinfall. So, you know, it's easier to cover up. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But, so, but even then, like, Undertaker looked more healthy. Like, there was just a lot going against Yeah, him. you want to know why? Because he did fucking hip surgery. Well, yes, I know, I know the hip surgery. And he got it, and then he came back, and he was better. Was like, Surprise. Oh, I can move again. I can dance. And then Undertaker proceeded to have a 70s disco gimmick. Yes, they called him the fat chick thriller. Um... <laughs> So, WrestleMania 33 is in the books. 
Overall, yes. your thoughts. Overall, uh, this is like a couple match show. Like, go out of your way to see Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho. I would uh, say the latter match. The latter match, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg is fun. Yep. Avoid most everything else. I would agree. Especially the John Cena versus Nikki and Nikki Bella match because yes. it's <clears throat> it's not good. Kinda, it's not good, and it's kind of sad in hindsight. And yes. Al Roker should not be an announcer. Okay. I want to see under. I want to. I want to see more Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> I am going to go to NBC with a Chocolate Thunder sign and stand in the window. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I think the match of the night for me was probably the tag team ladder match. That was a really fun match, and uh, overall, uh, yeah, th- this was kind of a hard watch. Just, I, I, the more we go through these later WrestleManias, the more they just don't feel unique anymore. They don't feel special. They just feel like, hey, it's WrestleMania and. Don't get me wrong, they're they're trying hard to get matches, but ultimately I just feel like this is a this is a uh just another show. And and you know, that's that's kind of how it is for the most part. Uh these couple of WrestleManias, they start making it more of a spectacle again in a couple of years, but really what's being sold to you is the brand of WrestleMania. And that's what makes it a big deal because WrestleMania is the thing you go to, not the matches that you want to see on the show. It's you're going to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So uh, any other parting thoughts of WrestleMania 33? Well, I would be interested in what Dave Meltzer had to say. Well, let me, uh, find out what Dave Meltzer had to say because I don't even have it in front of me right now because I am lazy I was burned out by uh, you know just everything by the end I was just like oh god I made it I survived another Wrestlemania alright your star ratings Neville versus Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. 3.75 stars. Ah, okay. The Memorial Battle Royal? What do you think? Uh, dud. Two stars. Yeah. Dean Ambrose versus Corin, uh, Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental Championship. One and, one and three quarter. Two stars. Ah, okay. AJ Styles for Jesus Christ. <laughs> AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Three stars. Four stars. Well, it's AJ Styles. That's what I figured. <laughs> Gave him an extra star just because it's fucking Shane. And it's like, fuck, AJ deserves this extra star. Uh, Owens versus Chris Jericho. Four and a half. Three and a half. Ah. Uh. Uh, the women's four-way. Three. Three and a quarter. Okay. Uh, the, the ladder match. Three and three quarter. You are correct. Yes. 
Nikki Bella versus John Cena's. N minus five stars. <laughs> Two and a quarter stars. Ooh. Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Uh, three and three quarter. Three and a half. Ah, uh, okay. Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Two and a half. One and a half. Oh. He hated that match. Yes. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Uh, three. Three and a half. Oh. Naomi and the rest of that stuff. Women's Championship. One. One and a half. It was so close, but yet so far. Mm. Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. Two and a half. Three stars. Ah. So, yes. Shane McMahon can claim that he had the best star rating in the entire card for WrestleMania 33. Hmm. I beg to differ. <laughs> hmm. Indeed. All right. That is it for us. <sighs> Next up is WrestleMania 34. Yes. I couldn't even start the first match. I've, <laughs> I've got to, like, just power through. It is five and a half hours. I am praying. Not including the, the pre-show. Yes, I'm not, I don't watch the pre-show. I suffer enough. So, but we're back in New Orleans. For New 34. Orleans, yeah, we are. You're right. Yes, it's not as good as the first New Orleans. Tell you that much. But, but Daniel Bryan's back. He is back. You're right. Maybe he has to fight Kane again. All right. So that is WrestleMania 33. Until next time, be on the lookout for some bone eye content because it's been a hot minute since we've done any bonus content mm. reviewamania.com there you'll find all our past episodes our bonus content and the first ever the first ever three episodes of Dynamite reviewed by yours truly yes Zach yes yes our last our last bonus was death matches we looked at three random death matches Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So until then, see you later. Be safe. Take care. Bye-bye.